0: Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're joined by Dr. Melissa Barnett, and we're excited to talk about the new TFOS Contact Lens Report on the OI Show. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. We're so stoked to have Dr. Melissa Barnett back on the OI Show. It's good to have you, my friend. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, it is always good to uh, get to hang out with you. We don't get to do it as much as we would like, but always at meetings we pop in and see each other, which is fantastic and this isn't your um this this isn't your first rodeo on these podcasts and so forth, but uh you're all over the place with speaking and video and so forth. Tell people who don't know a little don't know much about you or aren't up to date on what's happening with you where you practice and things that you're involved in that you're passionate about.
1: Sure. So, you know, this is a really exciting time in eye care. I think we'll agree as we've sort of grown up together um, in this space, it's been an honor to do so with you. And Right now, so I'm the director of optometry at UC Davis. I also have a new podcast called Clearly KC with the Mm -hmm. National Charity Conus Foundation. So it's for everyone, patients, practitioners. We have all sorts of specialists on there. And yeah, I've been writing a new book on specialty contact lenses. I think it's going to come out next year, unfortunately. And working on translating the scleral lens book in Spanish and Chinese. So, working yeah. to get publishers for those two. And super- how many
0: languages is it, is it in so far?
1: So, the book, Contemporary Scleral Lenses Theory and Application, is only in English at this time. So, it's in hardback, paperback, mm-hmm. and PDF. The Clinical Guide for Scleral Lens Success is in five or six languages, and that can be downloaded free of charge at Scleral Success. Wow, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, recently this uh, TFOS conversation came out, and uh, I was hoping we could talk a little bit about that today and uh, some of the information that TFOS is telling us and in helping us understand with all the culmination of research and knowledge they have. So give us a little bit of background on, um, on, on this whole uh, new paper that has come out with regards to the ocular surface disease and contact lenses and TFOS.
1: Yeah. So it's, you know, really new, great information about the lifestyle. So the TFOS, Mm -hmm. the tear film and ocular surface society, a lifestyle epidemic, report on ocular surface disease was just published and I was privileged to work on the contact lens section. So a group of us worked together and I thought maybe today we can nerd out a little bit talking about contact lenses since we both love contact lenses so much and share some of the best practices uh, from this report.
0: So, in the so, so there was quite a few authors here. There was uh, yeah. like 17 or something authors, right?
1: Yeah, in the contact lens report alone. So, 17 uh-huh. authors from eight countries. So, I think our call was somewhere, I think it was about two in the morning. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that's, are we the only ones on the West Coast? Sometimes I feel like we are. <laughs> and when, when we're talking to people from all over the world, I got the short end of that call, but I, I was I was mostly awake. And in the report, there were 155 pages of the report, 668 references. And it just has all this really helpful and practical information that we can yeah. use um, in clinic
0: as well. Yeah yeah so um go ahead and 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 two there were two kind of specific areas they looked at so let us know the breakdown the the lifestyle choice contact lens performance kind of kind of talk a little bit about that
1: sure so this report covered contact lens choices that impact the ocular surface so the choice of the specific type of contact lens and the replacement of contact lens. Now, we've talked about this for many, many years, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about, say, soft lenses and daily replacement. I think your practice has one of the highest numbers I've heard. Good job for you Um mm-hmm. daily replacement. And then when we talk about all of the specialty contact lenses, too, we have many tools in the toolbox, right? And I think mm-hmm. I think we'll agree here that we have all of these tools that we can use. And we can't forget about, say, corneal gas permeable lenses, which are still a great tool uh, for many patients. But we have soft lenses, hybrid lenses, scleral lenses, piggyback lenses. We have all sports performance contact lenses. I think those are really cool and fun. Yeah. Um, prosthetic lenses, we have all sorts of contact lenses. And this report goes over them. And then it really talks about the lifestyle choices that can impact contact lens wear and success. So things like smoking, not sleeping, flying in airplanes, um, uh, being a pilot, scuba diving, driving a race car, like all of these very interesting things that are way beyond, say, using a computer and digital device, but all of that is in there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then safety, obviously, that's a big part of everything we do. So, uh, you know, the, the impact of safety, people not wearing lenses like they should and, and so forth. What was kind of some conclusions here? Sure.
1: The importance of not sleeping in lenses unless they're prescribed to do so. It's the largest risk factor for microbial keratitis. We want to educate our patients not to top off or add more solution. Right. Um, because, yes, that could just lead to infection. We also mm-hmm. want to replace contact lens cases cleaning supplies, including DMVs or plungers for scleral lenses, replacing cases, avoiding tap water. I think that's a really important point. You know, the, the no water stickers, do you have
0: any of those yeah. in your practice? Yeah. I don't, but oh. at one point I was meaning to get some. I just haven't done it, right? Well, here's a reminder to get no water stickers. To re- where can we get those? Where Where, where are those at? So
1: the Academy and BCLA yeah. are two yeah. sources um, that I know of for the no water stickers. Uh, perhaps some other organizations have them as well. And we know the daily replacement contact lenses are the cleanest, healthiest lens option. They're very convenient for patients. And we have the best compliance with respect to replacement. So replacing them daily
0: and the lowest complication rate as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe to some argument on this one, and because I do have such a large daily practice, um, I can say this is daily disposables are oftentimes one of or close to the cheapest option for contact lenses. And that it goes against everything that we hear about lenses. Um, they are likely the most environmentally uh, safe lenses uh, as far as what goes into contact lens uh, solution? Contact lens solution bottles,
1: exactly cases, yeah. because as well they as can as, all be yeah. recycled. You're exactly yeah. right. So yeah. I, we have boxes, and we give patients uh, boxes as well for recycling. But contact lenses can be recycled, and you're exactly right with the multi-purpose or say hydrogen peroxide bottle. That plastic of the bottle uses far more plastic than a, yeah. you know, supply of daily replacement lenses. Yeah. And the reason why they're less expensive is that you don't need to buy all the solutions as well because yeah. they are replaced daily.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, what else? Uh, lifestyle choices, right? Supply chain, occupation, impact on quality of life. What? Uh, what did they have to say here?
1: Yeah, well, contact lenses definitely improve the quality of life. Um, It is important that contact lenses are prescribed here in the U.S. They are medical devices that are FDA-approved medical devices. So they're not um, purchased in things like vending machines and over-the-counter, although sometimes they are sold illegally. And if they are, I would recommend here in the U.S., Uh, to report them. So the AOA CLCS, you can report them there and also MedWatch. So I know that some of my staff, they're the best at finding contact lenses that are sold at flea markets or gas stations or nail salons, things like that illegally. And fortunately with CLCS, um, we're able to just stop the sale here in the US, but it, it gets a little bit more complicated in other countries. Um, and yeah. contact lenses are purchased without a prescription, but the care is really important there. And so knowing how to put on, take off contact lenses. We know also from this report that there are many medical indications for contact lenses. I don't have to uh, share that Mm -hmm. with you. You know this very, very well. But there's not a lot of information about wearing contact lenses when sick or ill, say, with a viral upper upper respiratory tract infection.
0: Mm -hmm. We
1: know that many patients of all ages can successfully wear contact lenses from children to older adults. And wearing contact lenses after different types of surgery, like cosmetic surgery or refractive surgery, can cause problems. And there are all sorts of different management strategies um, in order to help with contact lens discomfort that came from this report. So there's a really nice little flow chart that you could use in your practice uh, for best practices of contact lenses. And I thought the environmental factors are super interesting because there aren't a ton of studies on all sorts of different occupations and contact lens wear, but sort of in general, we know that decreased air temperature and relative humidity rates uh, results in a thinner pre-lens tear film. I think we'll also agree on the beauty of the tear film, the magic of the tear film. Hopefully everyone's going to love the tear film that's my goal here um it it has a less stable tear film um, more tear film evaporation and and more dryness so more studies are needed sort of uh, when it comes to environment um environmental factors in contact lens wear and then we know of course on computers and digital devices that we don't blink as much yeah. and we have a less of a blink frequency and amplitude and we also know this is might sound a little obvious, but very important to bring up is that we need to correct vision fully uh, with contact lenses in order to perform optimally. So, for example, multifocal rather than monovision, correcting low levels of astigmatism as yeah. well um, is, is important. Oh, I'm writing right now a monthly column on astigmatism called Toric Tips, along with my Scleral Lens Monthly. I'm talking about scleral lenses, but it's really interesting diving into astigmatism and all the new research in soft lenses for astigmatism. And that's it. Those are both in contact lens spectrum. Mm -hmm. And Talking about different sports and water. So I have a question for you. I know yeah. this is a podcast, but I have a question for you about water and contact lenses, like mm. swimming, water polo, water sports, lakes, oceans. What do you tell your patients about water when wearing contact lenses?
0: Yeah. So the, the right answer to this is that we avoid water altogether with contact lens where we know, uh, I took part in the study as a participant. We know that contact lenses are just super, super contaminated after water and, uh, swimming or being in a lake. And, uh, and that really poses a lot of problems for patients if they continue to wear their contact lenses after an activity like that. And so I tell my patients, you need to avoid it at all, all costs. However, if you do wear contact lenses during any of those activities, you need to remove them and clean them or replace them immediately after that activity. Because um, some patients, they just can't function, right? They're a competitive swimmer and their goggles aren't good enough, or they're a diver or whatever it may be um and you know or or a competitive uh um water skier those are others that and so it's just like as soon as you're done with that activity you need to remove your contact lenses and it does place you at an increased risk so we're sharing up front the problem telling them they shouldn't do it but if they do this is how they alleviate that issue
1: yeah great advice back, back to the report. It also, (laughs) no, but the water is such a huge, huge Uh, issue. It's all, it always comes up. Right. But especially mm -hmm. right now, um, there's so much talk about water, um, but flying can reduce contact lens performance there are many high risk behaviors. And actually, from this report, this was shocking 99% of contact lens wearers report at least one contact lens hygiene risk behavior. Yeah. It goes over you know, washing hands, replacing cases, drying hands, also washing and drying hands.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, really important to dry the hands. And there have been complications in contact lens wearers when smoking, all sorts of different types, um, with more corneal staining, more inflammation and infection, and reduced performance of contact lenses. Yeah. And then this report also goes over potential future uses of contact lenses, which I think are super exciting, like ocular drug delivery for all sorts of different things. There's one product that's FDA approved at this time for allergies, but other ocular surface diseases, dry eye, glaucoma, myopia, you know, it's very, very exciting uh, future uses. And also for diagnostic use, like various biomarkers that can examine the tear film. And the report also goes over stress, depression, and how that relates to contact lens wear. And there aren't any direct reports of the possible impact of stress, depression, or physical inactivity, but dry eye patients, as we know, because dry eye impacts quality of life, patients have greater levels of stress and depression. And so more research is needed in this area. And as far as quality of life and contact lens, where there's an improved quality of life with contact lenses for everyone, so from kids to the elderly and contact lenses are helpful. And we talked about the environment and recycling. This is something that we are talking more about, at least in my practice. Um, But I think overall, we're definitely talking about how contact lenses can be recycled successfully, best practices like you're doing already in your practice um, to with your high rate of daily replacement contact lenses, and they they are not so horrible on the environment like some people think. Mm-hmm. And then talking about reasons for dropout uh, with especially soft contact lenses, the main reasons being discomfort and visual quality, although handling is in there as well. So contact lenses still can really help improve quality of life. There are many different uses. I took from this, um, what I think we've talked about for a long time is that we can offer contact lenses to everyone, uh, whether they're a child or an adult or anyone, they don't have to wear contact lenses full-time. It is possible to wear them part-time, but we have many options and the future of contact lenses is super exciting
0: as well. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a great, you know, summary of where we're at, kind of a state of contact lenses right now. Like, here's where we're at with quality of life. Here's where we're at safety, just an overall great paper as far as, um, you know, culminating all of this knowledge into one thing. And I, you know, really applaud you and the other authors of this for putting in so much hard work uh, in, in, in putting this together. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me try.
0: Yes. Thanks a lot for being on the podcast. It's always awesome to hear your perspectives on things. We're looking forward to another book or two or three or five from you. Uh, (laughs) So far, so good on the ones you put out. It's been awesome. Thank you. Oh, well,
1: thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Yeah. And thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. Stay tuned for future episodes of The OI Show.